You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, climbing up your Christmas tree already on the 1st of December 2019. Ho, ho, ho. That was a hearty uh, Father Christmas there. I like that. Passengers, stand by for main engine landing burn. Here he comes. Get ready. This will make your fillings rattle. As the actress said to the bishop, Davis. Firing in three, two, one. Well, coming up in this podcast, we delve behind the scenes with Star Cops Mars. We open your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. We talk to Flip herself, Philippa Jackson, Big Finish's companion to the sixth Doctor, Colin Baker, played by actor Lisa Greenwood. We give you 25% off, or 25% discount, if only I could read the script, on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of Star Cops Mars for free! You, uh, if you didn't see that, Nick did a wonderful little flick of the uh, flick of the wrist <laughs> when he did that. It was very good. It quite well, hurt my nose, actually. <laughs> Very enthusiastic. Well, I'm Benji, he's Nick. This yes. is Big Finish, the home oh, yes. of rather splendid audiobooks and audio drama. We love stories. Go to bigfinish.com for loads of Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake 7, Dark Shadows, The Avengers, The Prisoner, Sherlock Holmes, all that jazz. We're giving our reviews section a rest this month, but they will be back in the space year of 2020. Yeah. So, just before we go behind the scenes with Star Cops Mars, it is the month of Christmas. What are our thoughts, I wonder? Nick, what are you thinking? Uh, what are our thoughts? Well, I was, uh, as you'll see in the next three podcasts, or maybe four, I can't remember, <laughs> uh, I interviewed uh, Lisa Greenwood, and uh, as in, uh, coming up later, and Miranda Raisin, who plays Constance, and uh, Colin Baker, you may have heard of, plays the sixth Doctor. Uh, and, and I talked to them about Christmas, and they kept asking me, well, what about you? And I, I, I don't think I said too much about what I think of Christmas. I'm a bit of a miserable humbug, old so-and-so. Only because it's like one day that gets really bigged up and then, do you know what? It's just a day. It's just it's just 24 hours like any other 24 hours, except, you know, you feel the compulsion to sort of make yourself feel slightly sick by eating too much. I was going to say, it's a day that, that reminds, reminds us all that we're quite mortal. You know, you start yes. off and it's all very good and then you just eat so much and then you drink stuff and then it gets to that flat time, you know, the flat bit of Christmas Day where you're all kind of waiting to do something or, or what should we do now? You know, when when's this? When are people coming around? And it's just all a, a big faff. I'm not a big Christmas guy. I never have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, I, that's why I've, I've got not one but two Christmas songs under the belt, both of which are fairly negative. Um <laughs> It's. I like it. I like it for the family element, but I don't like yes. all the commercial. I don't like all the commercial rubbish, and I get fed up with the songs. <laughs> I do. I like wizards. Um, I wish oh, it could be I Christmas like wizards, every day. Yeah, that, that's oh, yeah. my favourite Christmas song. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Every day, because it's so crass. I, and, I, and I think let's acknowledge that Christmas is crass. Now, for those of you who I'm offending, I would say that I love it for my for my son, my ten year old son. Of course, it's magical, but only Very because magical. they're all desperate for presents and the and the raw greed I see in his nature, human human nature <laughs> comes in out. The raw, it does come out. Of, what can I get? What else? But he is great with opening presents. I mean, last year, you know, we gave him a, um, a PlayStation, and he was. He got upset because he said we'd spent too much money. Oh, bless him. You know, and he'd, he sort of ran away and cried. And I thought, God, blimey, we could have got away with a, you know, a rubber duck. Yeah, why not? That's this year's present, isn't it? There's one <laughs> element. When you were saying that flat thing in Christmas Day in the afternoon where you're kind of going, oh, what now? I remember that. Re- that's re- That really brought back memories to me. And it happens every year for me since about... I don't know, the age of 13. And what I would do is wander off on my own to my bedroom and I would start writing a Doctor Who story or drawing a Doctor Who comic strip or r- recording an audio play with just me doing all the voices or, <laughs> you know, or listen to Death to the Daleks. Very on brand. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I used to do. And that is actually more or less what I do every Christmas. But the afternoon, I go off and I, I edit a podcast or write a bit of script because I do love what I do and when I relax and think oh this is nice oh I feel good what can I do something I love my job 
and that's yeah the sort I've of done it before I've worked I've worked on Christmas Day I've, I've said look I'm gonna go and do this do a bit of work for you know sound design for a couple of hours or whatever in a way I I think it helps you know one of the best things I've learned actually is just to not drink in the day that's the best thing I did it last year it's just just don't just everybody's drinking alcohol I understand but if you just don't drink in the day everybody's tired and you're like rock let's do something <laughs> you know, let's 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 have. A, I like going for Christmas walks. Actually, that's nice. Oh yeah, Christmas yeah. Hopefully, we lovely. can do a brisk walk this year. I mean, I won't drink because you know I don't really drink when I'm with my family. It's only when I'm with you, Ben. <laughs> Bad influence <laughs> goes <over> wrong. <laughs> I think it's probably my fault. Um, but yeah, yeah. So this is the Alcoholics Anonymous um, podcast. Yes, yes. Welcome. Take a seat. Take a seat. Not that no. one. <laughs> the same joke every time. Every time. That's what the, that's what this podcast is about. It's it about is. just just doing the same joke every week, and eventually everybody just, just expects it. Why don't we just issue the a podcast we recorded in? When did you first first start doing them? Years ago now, wasn't it? I know. Good, what twenty sixteen was it? Twenty sixteen. All right. So we should just. Like Next week, we should just reissue that podcast and see if yeah. anyone notices. That'll do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coming up, Dark Eyes 2. <laughs> we could just do that, the big finished Christmas party one. Nobody will know. It's everybody just no. slightly tittled, wandering around <laughs> saying, oh, yes, I, I love this release. I love that release. It's a shame that we don't do those anymore with the uh, My Shelf quiz. Just There just doesn't seem to be the the will for people to do it anymore it's no demand shame, it's, it's, and it's hard as well because booking a Christmas party is difficult now we don't have the, the, the fun office, office where you yeah. can where you can do that yeah yeah we don't have a big office anymore we used to have a big cheap office in a place that no one could get to <laughs> yeah which is the beauty of it really and I used to just, you know, send out to a, a, a popular supermarket uh, for just loads of nonsense and just used to pay for a load of food and booze. And, I just remember uh, loads and loads of Tadcaster, like, like the Boddingtons. <laughs> like yeah, real, was all right, real, it? yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> real working man's, working man's sort of party. <laughs> Pass us the, uh, the Boddingtons. Um, that was very fun too. Very fun too. But you know, everybody's got everybody's doing things at Christmas, aren't they? Anyway, everybody's too busy. Yeah, doing things. So we'll have a party on this podcast. That's what we'll Woo! do. Right then, <sighs> I can't be bothered with a good segue. I'm just just going. I'm using the words <sighs> right then to to just change what we're talking about. Time now to delve behind the scenes on Star Cops Mars Part One. It's the near future, and mankind has expanded its presence in space. Christmas presents, you decide. <laughs> Man has expanded its presence in space. I've got, I've got this, um, I've got these thermal socks as a present. Oh, here they are. Here, look. You can fit the uh, earth in them. Anyway, I look there. Yeah. Heat holders. I've actually got some heat They're holders. They're nice. I, lo- I, lo- yeah. I love a good thermal sock. It's nearly as good as long johns. Well, so this present, this pr- present, I'm going to expand it in space. <laughs> no, there's no sound coming out of that. I can't I know, hear but thing. you can witness it. I wanted to hear your reaction. It's not. It's literally silent. Just underwhelmed. Sounds. Just underwhelmed. I was expecting so it's much like a, more. Yeah. So anyway, mankind's expanded uh, its Christmas presence in space. Maintaining law and order beyond Earth is the responsibility of the International Space Police Force, known colloquially as the Star Cops. Their leader is Commander Nathan Spring. There are no star cops on Mars, and Nathan Spring intends to put that right. He travels to the Red Planet, hoping to rally the colonists' support for setting up an International Space Police Force office. But he faces resistance from those who feel Mars has no need of police. Soon, though, Nathan and his officers are involved in incidents of theft, violence and murder. They may get the chance to prove they're needed if... They can get through their investigations alive. Oh, dun, dun, alive. Dun, 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 alive. And this, of course, is based on the TV series. Um, Sounds um, good. Sounds yeah. really good, actually. It's good, isn't it? And with a couple of series of it out already, big finish. Uh, but anyway, let's go behind the scenes of the release coming out this month very soon. I'm Helen Goldwyn, and I am the director of Star Cops. Let's go for a take. And cue. This place looks very similar to Moonbase. 
Moon habitats are the template for the first Mars colonies. But however much the living environs may look alike, Mars isn't the moon. <laughs> clearly. Your point being? Mars requires a totally different mindset. Earth is a long way away. If anything goes wrong or anyone gets sick, we have to deal with it ourselves. And many people come here not for a couple of years or even a few months. They come to stay. So in episode one, we see Davis and Nathan and Kenzie arriving on Mars to try and establish the star cops on that colonized planet. And uh, they're not necessarily being given a, the warmest of welcomes because the kind of impression of the Mars colonists is and was that Mars is going to govern and, and police itself. So these are, you know, the ISPF are seen as outsiders from the outset. I'm uh, Andrew Smith. I'm one of the script editors on Star Cops 3, the first part of our Mars story. And I wrote the first episode of this box set. I had in mind, and I'd suggested early on, that for Nick's Star Cops story, it might be good to go to Mars. Partly, maybe even largely, because Chris Boucher, who created the TV series, had in mind that the TV series had gone to a second season. That's what he wanted to do with it, and t- uh, take the Star Cops to Mars. So that was um, that informed that suggestion and that decision. And um, yeah, it's just a very interesting environment to put the Star Cops into. It then led to an awful lot of research. <laughs> awful lot. My name is David Cordell and I play Commander Nathan Spring. Mars really is quite spectacular. I've been here eight years and it still gets me. The landscape is epic. Right now we're in the Solus Planum, an old volcanic crater over a thousand miles across. Wow. When uh, ISPF were established on the moon, I mean, that was like the, the new frontier, you know, the then, of course, we were able to tell the story of that and how that developed and how relationships worked out. And, in fact, strange enough, with the television series, uh, the last episode, as it were, was when we were off to Mars with a whole new world. And so here we are now with these stories. And Mars presents itself uh, really as the, the Wild West. First of all, there's the whole question about how long it takes to get there and how long you have to stay before you can come back, which completely changes, as it were, the, the quality of life for all of the, the, the three central characters the, uh, of the police force who have to find their feet in a world that is used to functioning as isolated colonies, carrying out particular science work, and with people who have committed to spending the whole of their life the rest of their life on this planet and never come uh, and never returning to earth so how an external force of authority and law can fit into that equation that is part of the the telling of the story of ISPF on Mars my name is Linda Newton and i play inspector Paul Kenzie i guess she's like a typical police officer she's not doing some policing she's a bit at a loose end she's always ready for a fight She's ready to defend anyone who needs it. And she's very loyal to her colleagues. So she's ready to jump in and defend them. She's ready to do whatever they say. She has strong opinions about things that she's very... She doesn't have, like a lot of people, I think, who do work in isolated environments. She is probably better at work-related interpersonal relationships than private ones. Get us down there, Kenzie. Yeah, no worries. We'll be on Mars Firma in two minutes. Life on Mars is challenging, I think. Yeah, it's somewhere she hasn't been before, somewhere that takes a long time to get there, somewhere that they have no authority. She's not happy about a gun being confiscated or their guns being confiscated when they arrive, but she's quite prepared to still get into fights, difficult situations, whether she's got a gun or whether she hasn't. My name is Trevor Cooper and I play Colin Davis. Oh, I'm glad to be on the ground again. Feel that. Gravity. None of your artificial stuff, neither. The real thing. Lovely. Well, there's a nice sort of feel to it that it's a bit like, I mean, all those years ago when we first started doing the TV series on the moon, that it's a bit like a frontier town that there's certain things that don't exist. There's a bit of a, a water problem. But a lot of the things are sort of in their infancy. They haven't had 
a proper police force up there and one of the reasons why we're there is to try and persuade people that they need one and so there is that dead element of sort of i don't know deadwood or somewhere you know like a frontier town that you know back in the 19th century where they need a bit of you know a marshal and someone else to come and sort things out and uh, so that's quite exciting really with the first episode there are a couple of things to do there's the through story of what's going on at the the Olympus Mons colony and we're setting some things up that will be relevant for the rest of this set and continuing into um, box set four. Also just setting up the the, the world, literally the world that they're coming into and without it being too much of an info dump really just describing for the listeners through the Sarkop's interaction as as having newly arrived just what this world is like what this environment is like and the fact that it's not the moon as is pointed out to Nathan by Barbara Holmberg early on as an operating environment this is very different from the moon on uh, an environment the star corps are used to for instance they were required to return to earth or a certain period of time to kind of recover from being in space Mars is a place where people don't go necessarily for a limited period of time some colonists have gone there to stay there and hopefully you know, develop this new home for mankind. They sort of arrive and there's this initial slight coldness towards them, although ostensibly the, the the people in authority are making it look like they're welcome, but they're not given any authority or jurisdiction themselves. They're just there as observers and uh, they can talk to the colonists and try and persuade them around to their way of thinking, but they've got no power as police force up there. But immediately they're plunged into this mystery where... People are missing, people are dead ultimately, people are being attacked in canteens, <laughs> doors are being forced open and alarms are going off and um, obviously Nathan thinks that this is Star Cop's bread and butter. All this stuff that's suddenly happening is right up their alley, so in a way they've arrived in the nick of time. And if you want to catch up with Star Cops, go to bigfinish.com and type, guess what Benji, do you know what? You know, is he going to do the little action? I'm waiting for the action. Oh, so, there we go. Yeah, I'm guessing that is a little little search bar, little search pane as it's put oh, on the script here. Yeah, yeah. And what what should I type into it? It's just type in Star Cops. Oh, what what go. what it is? What I will say about Star Cops actually is yes. it's one of those. It's very similar with the um, a lot of our big finished non Doctor Who ranges that people mm. are often reluctant to dive in. But the the positive um, response that we get on Twitter and Facebook that we see, people really get into it, and especially with Star Cops, people Mm. are loving it. And loads of people, um, I mean, somebody I know um, has never had never watched an episode of Star Cops, and actually had the boldness to say, um, "I bought this because it looked good," and I have to say, I think it's one of the best things Big Finish has ever done. Mm. And you think, "Wow!" So give it a go, give it a try, because you know, there's so this we love stories, and it's a good one. Yeah, beautifully made and with the the surviving original members of the cast in it as well. So it's very faithful to the spirit of the original. And also, you know, a lot of it written by Andrew Smith, who's um, an ex-police officer. So it's got a real procedural reality to it as well. It's fantastic. Was this Hmm. the box set that I, I I recorded like in the studio for Toby for a morning or something. <laughs> it might oh, be yeah, that one. Yeah. So it if you hear some, that one. If you hear it all going wrong, it's probably me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just couldn't hear any of the voices. Yeah. Uh, anyway, time now for listeners' emails. Well, like massive expanding Christmas presents, and apparently my headphone cable there pushing my cup. Uh, I thought that sounded very domestic, yes. Yeah, it was the, the cup. It's my Doctor Who cup I'm drinking out here. Look at that. The old, Bang, class- huge- the old oh. classic Doctor Who cup there. It's, it's Cybermen and you know, all that one. Do you want to see my... How about this mug? Oh, come oh. on. Like that yeah. Dalek mug. Oh, God, you just, know what we- it is? It's the symbol that the Master has on his on his shirt in Frontier in Space. Is it really? Is it, yeah. is it intentionally meant to look like a Dalek? Yeah, he walks around yeah. with this on all the time, and it's really obviously a Dalek. But you, do, of course, not knowing that the Daleks are going to turn up, nobody notices. And then when they Maybe turn up with terrible, look. when they turn up with terrible voices, it just makes it all that little bit worse. Yes, it really I dampens that, a great story. I know it is because I think the Dalek voices were done from a little box inside the Dalek. 
They sound they sound very mechanical in that one. Whereas then the beauty is that you know the next story, Planet, the Daleks sound, in my opinion, the best that they've sounded in the classic series. It's like quintessential Daleks sounding good. Definitely. Although I do love the fact that a lot of um, you hear a lot of breathing as the Daleks yes, are moving so around. True. You can hear Roy Skelton going. <laughs> just as he's getting ready for the next tirade. <laughs> well, this isn't the uh, Planet of the Daleks podcast, nor no, the wish Frontier in Space podcast, I wish it was. But if you want to email us with your opinions on Big Finish, be it Doctor Who, or maybe what's your favourite breakfast cereal, that's very simple. Just email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That old classic email address there. It's a Death to the Daleks Dave cup there, which Nick is holding up. Dave. It does look seriously look on the the writing on the Exelon City look at it it says Dave and you will never ever be able to not see it as Dave well the other one says something quite rude anyway it does say something quite rude but we'll (laughs) gloss over that and first up um, this email here is from Darren Harris hi there Nick and Benji I hope all is well I'm just listening to Restoration Volume 2 listening to it makes me feel a little sad when you think that this is the last time we'll ever hear Paul Darrow in action Yeah, it's really due to this that I'm writing to you with the utmost sensitivity in mind after we lost Paul I'm wondering a few things I guess the biggest question is what is the future of Blake 7 and how will we have Avon still if Paul is sadly no longer around to bring the character to life I guess this question also applies to Restoration Volume 3. I will be honest and say that if Big Finish felt that out of respect for Paul, they couldn't complete it, then as a fan I would totally respect that, and that's coming from someone who has already spent the money on all three sets. Any reasonable person to my mind would be okay with this. After all, as much as we love stories, we also want to pay the utmost respect to those who bring said stories to life. Equally, I would be fine if Big Finish felt that they could recast Avon. As long as very careful consideration was given to who would t- who you would take on, uh, who would take on Paul's character, um, you would have to give as much consideration to this as you would if you were thinking of recasting Roger Delgado's master. Anyway, uh, I'll sign off here. Take good care. And if I don't write you before, then have a good Christmas. Thank you, Darren. Um, well, I think uh, that thank you for all you say that, that you know, we are going to uh, uh, carry on with that restoration and, and that those plans are in place. Um, not exactly sure what the future is. Um, we are not considering recasting Avon at the moment. Uh, it's just not in our minds and I think and it's an odd thing to say and I hope it doesn't sound cynical but it's all to do with timing really isn't it definitely I don't think it's the same as recasting Roger Delgado's master I think that that's you know like we've done it with Nick Courtney you know and I was very close to Nick and I felt uh, for ages I felt well we couldn't do that and then suddenly you just reach a point where you're at a certain distance from the sad passing of someone and it does it you know it, it feels tasteless to do it quickly, doesn't it? It's like the moment someone's died, suddenly you turn around and someone else is sitting in their chair saying, yes, I'll take their place. And you just think, Absolutely. I think it's we like, need a bit more sensitivity than that. Really. It's like waiting for somebody to go out the door, isn't it? And saying, right, you can come in now. I think yes. it's, like you say, I, I think it, there, there comes a moment where you think, okay, well, you know, we love this actor and we love what they've done and we love their contribution. And let's celebrate that now that everybody's you know nobody's ever going to uh you know recover from from the death of of some especially somebody like paul who is an icon in science fiction but there'll come a point i think where people will feel they want to not just celebrate his performance but also celebrate the character avon as well so yeah, I think it's time as a healer. Yeah, I see isn't what it? you mean. Uh, yeah, and I think I think you might be right, but we're, uh, th- from this perspective in time, we can't tell really. Absolutely. So, yeah. I hope that covers all that. Oh, now here's one from Lisa Morris or Liza. Was with a Z, so maybe it's Liza. Liza Morris. Hi, Nick and Benji, and everyone at Big Finish, including the star casts. Hooray! And clappy hands emoji. Uh, my gosh. I never bought an audio adventure from you so quick before Blood on Santa's Claw and other stories. Wow, the new art for these releases are excellent. Blood on Santa's Claw is, of course, our Christmas release with the sixth Doctor 
and Perry. Uh, since I got the new Blu-ray box of The Sixth Doctor Adventures, it made me buy some Big Finish audios and it made me look at my special first day Doctor Who stamp postcard which I had signed by Mr Colin Baker the sixth doctor it made me smile and cry happy tears as I had not realised it was personalised to me and that it stated have a great 2013 it was sent when I bought another CD drama that Colin did via an online store I haven't met any of the doctors even if I did I wouldn't know what to say to them so could you please thank the sixth doctor for me for the postcard all those years ago and the seventh doctor for being my growing up doctor I viewed sixth doctor episodes in later life and it's more my experience in real life now I can relate to these doctors episodes and adventures a lot I call them excellent, as these audio ventures have made me realise who I am, even if it's for a little while, as I've been through a lot of black, dark holes in my life. And these are such a buck up and a comfort that they seem like the biggest and greatest family hug. Oh, that's nice. I have social anxiety, mental health problems and personal tragedy loss in my life. So even typing this has been a revelation for me. But it made me do it after reading Twitter comments about how these audio adventures have been so helpful to other people out there with similar problems in their lives and struck a chord with me. Merry Christmas from me to you all there. Really looking forward to listening to the special Christmas stories. Brilliant. Thank you, Liza. Uh, my fave Big Finish Doctor Who audio so far. One, Doctor Who and the Pirates. I was just discussing this with um, Colin the other Cracker. day. Cracker. And, yeah, especially as it reminds me, reminds me of when my dad took me to see Colin Baker in Cardiff doing HMS Pinafore in 2003. And gosh, <laughs> I never knew how amazingly he danced around that stage and sang. It was a joy to behold. A little musical uh, emoji. And well, what's that? Is that um, a flower of some description? A rose, is that? I think yeah. so, yeah. Hmm. Um, two, the ultimate adventure, brackets 80s kid, the Maltese penguin, uh, laughy emoji, uh, a heart, uh, uh, love the accents and voices, the one doctor, the wrong doctors, the wormery, seventh doctor adventures, bang, bang, boom, the rapture. Uh, three, cuddlesome uh, slash the scorchies, on recommendation from the team when I asked them on a Facebook page years ago living legend horror of glam rock and max Watt. these are all great stories i hope i hope folks that you'll type them into the little search pane at search the top pane. of the big finish yeah, web enjoy website it. and special appreciation for the prisoner of blake seven audio Dee. adventures yeah well there you are you're my favorite there's still many more stories i haven't heard yet so i'll look out for them Thanks again for making me find myself. Smiley emoji, sort of shocked emoji. What's that? What is that one? I can't sort see. Of it's, very open. it's very small. It's very, very small screen. rocks uh, and the heart and a rainbow. Sorry for writing a novel. <laughs> 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 Trying to put across my feelings. Little teary emoji from Liza. Big Finnish fan. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry if I'm calling you Liza when you're a Lisa, but the Z makes me think Liza. I hope that's right, Liza Lisa. Thank you for writing. And that was heartfelt and, and quite that moving, was lovely. actually. Thank you. So one of the lovely things about Big Finish is it does feel like a big family. And it feels like, mm. you know, there's there's so many people out there who just feel that they can talk to us and and share in these wonderful adventures and do folks come along to big finish day at quad in derby i think it's on the 6th of june isn't it and um you know uh and hurry up because we haven't announced any guests at all and we've already sold half the tickets or the quad have i should say sorry quad has not the quad it's not the quad it's quad, sorry. quad quad sorry 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 but anyway yeah come along because you get a chance to meet us and, and chat to us well, here's an email from Anthony Zahetna, which he calls irrelevant and irreverent. Ho, ho. <laughs> Dear sirs, uh, is the reason the prisoner sounds so strained all the time is that he's constipated? He seems to get angry and talk about number twos all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be weeing you, number one. <laughs> Anthony. Oh, oh dear. Well. Tim, I did ask for irrelevant uh, emails, and that, but that's sort of irrelevant and irreverent, as as he said in his <laughs> subject line, and um, and probably a lot of you are spitting your tea or coffee out right this moment. Anyway, on that uh, scatological note, we say farewell for our, to our emails this week, and more next time. Yeah. <laughs> Time now for a nice relaxed interview or chat, really, 
Uh, Lisa Greenwood plays Flip, the companion to the Sixth Doctor. She started out with us back in 2011. Can you believe that, Benji? 2011. It's a long old time ago now. Yeah, she was appeared in the Sixth Doctor story, The Crimes of Thomas Brewster. But here's the trailer for that. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Crimes of Thomas Brewster. Latest news on Japanese toy robot terror. Read all about it. Yes, we've just spotted them now. Yeah, heading west in a high-speed patrol boat. Doctor, what is it? Some sort of giant robot mosquito by the look of it. Evelyn, watch out! Oh, that was close. Seems to have singled oh. us out for attention. Careful, get down! They're swerving all over the place. Either the driver's intoxicated or... Uh, hang about. There's something going after them. We can't even make a quiet visit to the Tower of London without being zapped at by an alien robot bug. The patrol boat's just been completely destroyed! Oh, my life, Doctor! Brewster? I might have known once a cut purse, always a cut purse. Which is why you stole the high-speed patrol boat. Borrowed? You didn't exactly leave it in the condition that you found it. Not my fault. I don't recall telling you my name. In fact, I don't recall you telling me your name. You don't know who I am? No, I'm sorry. You have me at a disadvantage. Detective Inspector Patricia Menzies? There's half a dozen of them attacking the top of the building, firing these laser beam things. We can barely see. There's so many of them, and the noise is just... Then the Doctor's plan has failed. These things have won. Everyone on this planet, they're all going to die. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. And it was during that recording that we fell in love with her and asked her to come back and join Colin Baker's Doctor full-time. I actually wrote here first time, but it's full time. <laughs> Thank goodness I can remember what I was thinking when I wrote this. Uh, Colin thought it was a great idea, and the rest is history. Since then, she's appeared in many adventures on audio, attended loads of conventions, and more recently has been teamed with Mrs. Constance Clark, played by the wonderful Miranda Raisin. We'll be chatting with uh, Miranda in next week's podcast, but in the meantime, here's Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Uh, hello, Nick. Um, let me... Uh, we're sitting very close, next to each other. Well, Our knees that's... are almost touching. <laughs> Look, I'll move sideways. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> um, so, you're back as flip, that's I'm good. I'm back. Yeah. Did you miss me? Yes. yes. Is that a lie? No. I'm going I'm to move this closer to you. Okay. Yeah. I'm back, but normally you direct me, don't you? Yes. And you're not directing me this time because yeah. you're acting. Yeah. So who are you playing this time? Well, I, I can't possibly say because this is for a Oh, podcast. this is not going... Yeah, so ah, not... so spoilers. But, yeah, yeah, but... Um, does it feel like a long time since you were here? No. It doesn't? It doesn't feel like a long time. I'm surprised it was two years. Like, someone said to me it was two years. It doesn't feel like two years have gone that quick. No. Um... But it's good to be back. Got to sign my name on the, the board. Missed out 2018. I'm not happy about that. That's people writing in their booths. It's a sort of form of graffiti, basically. Yeah, but it's it? really cool because you've got loads of different actors' names on there. So I saw... Who did I see today? Amanda Abington. I found her in there. Mm. Um, loads of different people. I took a video of it. I might share it with the, yeah. with you guys. Oh, wow. Oh, well, yeah. that, you, you guys who you are You guys listening. at home, yeah. <laughs> She's pointing at the microphone. <laughs> I'm pointing at the mic. You guys that live in the microphone. <laughs> um, so, you know, Christmas is coming up. Yeah. What do you think of that? <laughs> I'm excited. I love Christmas. Do you? I, that doesn't surprise me somehow. Yeah, I mean... That, did that sound patronising? No, okay. not at all. <laughs> who do, I think I'd be. be more worried if you said it, are you were surprised that I didn't like Christmas because I don't want to be that person who hates Christmas, which is probably you, yeah. Yes, you guess. <laughs> which is 100% you. I don't but hate it. I, love, I just love the food. You know me, I like my oh, grub. Yeah, yeah. I like the gravy and the stuffing and the cranberry sauce and the little... The sausages with the bacon thing. What are they called? Pigs and blankets. Pigs and blankets. That's right. <laughs> I'd forgotten for a moment. Sprouts. Christmas. I'm not a sprout person. I love sprouts. No. 
We're so different in every sense. Of we are. <laughs> in every sense. I don't mind sprouts if they've been cooked in loads of butter and bacon. I was, you as know, long like as they're unhealthy. Sprout, yeah. A posh sprout, but like <laughs> a regular sprout boiled, it's not the life I want to live. Have you had the sprouts when we, because previous years we've been to um, Chicago Tardis. Yeah. yeah. At, at Thanksgiving <laughs> time. Yeah. yeah, they've got some really weird dishes. Yeah, and the Americans kind of do the whole turkey dinner thing Thanksgiving, not yeah. Christmas Day, I think. Maybe they do do it at Christmas Day. Do they do it at Christmas? I don't know. I know that they don't have Christmas hats. You know, when you pull the, the cracker, they don't wear the hats because someone actually asked me, at a, we were having a chat, and they said, why do you have hats in your Christmas cracker? And I had no idea. And then after, I was guessing it was because of the three wise men. Really? Do they wear hats? Well, that crowns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't. Oh I don't, yeah, I that's what it that. is. Possibly. Yeah, that's what it the is. The Americans don't do that, and that baffled me. I'm wow. still baffled. Wow. About four years later. So, okay, we've established you love Christmas. Mm. I don't want to pry into your life. Okay, but you're going to. <laughs> so tell me as much or as little as you like. What are you likely to be doing at Christmas this Christmas year? Christmas this year. Yeah. So I'll probably I stay around my mum's. Yeah. Christmas Eve, like I always do, wake up like a child. She'll get me some new pyjamas. It's just something we do. <laughs> so we'll all get into our pyjamas. It'll be all of us this year, the whole family. And we just start eating from like, <laughs> as soon food. as the sun comes up. <laughs> uh, we also, we are a family that plays board games. We do. And it cringes me out saying that out loud, but we love a board game. Listen, if you love it. <laughs> we love a sing song. Mm-hmm. We'll always have a song. We just chill out. It's I love Christmas. We all like have chats, laugh, do like fun things. It's brilliant. We always get people coming round. We're the house that everyone comes to. Do you have a particular Christmas from your past that you remember for whatever reason? Hopefully positive, Christmas. but maybe negative. Up to you. A particular one that stands out. A particular Christmas. Well, that's the thing. They're all the same, aren't they, Christmases? <laughs> they pretty much are uh, the same. For you, clearly. Maybe the Christmas that I got my cat. So I got my cat for Christmas, but I don't think that you should buy animals for Christmas. Like, but my parents did buy me a cat for one of our Christmases, and it was the best present ever. Because when was that? Fifteen years ago. Okay. Yeah, my cat's dead now. Sorry, it's sad ending to the story. But I remember there was a cat that lived a couple of doors down, and this it wasn't my cat, but I loved her, and she was a Siamese cat. And then she moved away with her family. My mum actually went round to see if we could buy the cat. <laughs> I know because I was like mum I don't want the cat to go and then she was like do you love your cat do you want to keep that cat and they wanted to keep it so we we couldn't have her and I just cried about it for weeks and then I got a cat for Christmas and I loved her she's like one of the bestest friends I've ever had like I'll get emotional like I loved my cat so yeah, yeah that was one of the best Christmases Oh, well, that's lovely. Yeah. Well, listen, have a fantastic Christmas. Thank it's you, lovely Nick. to have you back. Thank you. Have at a good Christmas. And here's to many more Christmases with yeah. with too much food. Yeah, 100%. And I hope everyone at home has a lovely Christmas as well. So, happy Christmas. She I'm just, waving to the mic. She just waved. Is that nice? <laughs> Bye. And if you want to find out more about Flip or listen to some of her adventures with the Sixth Doctor, just go to bigfinish.com and oh, yes. type in the little search pane, you know, the old yes. thing, yeah, yeah, the old, yeah. Lisa Greenwood. Greenwood. And there, that you, and yeah, Greenwood, and there you'll Greenwood. find not only all uh, audio dramas Flip features in, but also all the fun interviews and behind-the-scenes features that you can access. We did a thing, Flip's World, didn't we, a while we back did, on the yes. podcast, so you'll be able to find those as well, yeah. uh, and their relevant podcasts. An awful lot of it is free to download as well, it so, is, is. you know, if you find yourself uh, at a loose end, why not? Why not? She's such fun. I've just been recording with that, well, which is why I did the interview. And One of my favourite humans, I can comfortably say. And, you know, because of the way that recordings are done sometimes, because of scheduling and people's availability, it's not always possible to for an actor to start the recording. You know, with a Doctor Who adventure, you might, as a companion, you might think, well, we'll start the recording where we're in the TARDIS and we're thinking, oh, Doctor, where are we going? It's a nice, calm scene. No, the first scene she had to do, she was like running down a mountainside and tripping over rocks with monsters firing guns at her. <laughs> and that's her. She literally came into the booth and she hadn't recorded with us for two years. And immediately she's just there. It was just amazing. It was what you joy want, isn't to it? Oh. Time now to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Cue the randomoid selectatron. And it's Iris Wild Time Series 2. Oh. Bada bing, bada boom. Well, Katie Manning, what 
what more can you say? An icon, an icon, and also Iris Wildtime, just such fun. A character as a, a, a series as well, in its own right, it's just brilliant. Time, space, good and evil, gin and tonic. <laughs> I'm still trying to find it on the website, which is upsetting, isn't it? I'm at the Panda Invasion, is that it? No. No, it's the box set, Iris Wildtime Series 2. Series 2, there it is. There it is with that beautiful pink cover. The Sound of Fear and the Land of Wonder and the two irises and the panda invasion. Let's have a, a trailer for The Sound of Fear. You know something, Mr. Daniels? You'd asked me five years ago where I thought I'd be now. I'd never have predicted this. Mm, what's that, Mr. Daniels? Ooh, how did a talented DJ and musician at the top of his game end up playing tedious synthopop to the galactic masses? Ooh, well, Jack. Um, may I call you Jack? Lovely pink and fluffy Jack. All started with a woman. Radio yesterday. Radio yesterday. Oh, I'd be perfect for them. I've met half the people on that playlist, you know. They could interview me. I'm Iris Wildtime. And you are... Lisa Lewis. Station researcher here at Radio Yesterday. Lisa. No, not you again. Lisa. We want you. Iris! My reputation precedes me. Sorry, but, um... Do I know you? Well, have you met Iris before? In a manner of speaking, she's my wife. We need you, You need us. I can make it on my own. I don't need you. I told you I was a free spirit. You didn't tell me you were a time-travelling free spirit with a Porsche for rushing off to save the universe and leaving your husband a washed-up shadow of his former self. Keep back! Stay away from me! You will be contracted to us. is right. Those sneaky Naxians have been piggybacking their sub-signal in your music for months. Iris is proving intractable. Make her see sense. Tell her to take us back to 1960. Don't you just hate it when the baddies have thought of every conceivable angle, lover? My destiny awaits. I must take my seat on the bus. I have a ticket to ride. Wild Times Law, rule number one. Grab the nearest bottle and hope for the best. Should we explain how to get the um, discount? I mean, it seems like a reasonable idea. It seems like a reasonable idea, yeah. I mean, it's very easy. It's very easy. All you do is you go on your Big Finish website, bigfinish.com. Look under the stairs. Look under the stairs in a shoebox, and there it is. There you go on the <laughs> bigfinish.com. You go to podcasts in the little menu bar. There you see, you click on the relevant podcast, as in, you should say, latest podcast, and in the little description where it tells you about what the podcast is, mm. you'll see that it mentions the randomoid selectron and it says, just click here. And you click here, and then wow. you have to enter the code, and the code is very simple, it's buck up, yeah. all capital letters, no space, no punctuation, just buck up, and you put it in there, and it applies the code, and you get your discount. Amazing, isn't it? It's and the what wonders of do, modern technology. After this, I will email Sue Cowley, who's our digital assets manager, and I will tell her that it's Iris Wildtime Volume 2, and she will do the, the thing magic. On, the web, on the website to make it happen. So thank goodness for her. You've got Sue Cowley to thank for this rather nice offer. Yeah, lovely. Um, oh, it's time now for us to say goodbye. Um, just like Santa yeah off again but fortunately for you uh, we, we appear more than just once a year and yeah. we don't uh, eat mince pies and I drink do. all the whiskey that's left I out do. or brandy or, you know, I suppose we do don't we yeah, that's, we do, uh, fact, that's exactly what we do we're, I think we're both Father Christmas I think, I think you're do. right I think but we have to say goodbye like Father Christmas uh, like okay well, we can do that yes do you, who, shall I go first you hmm. certainly can I <laughs> you were going to do it then. I was going to do it. Whoa! Ho, 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 ho,
Oh, goodbye. <laughs> when I do Father Christmas, I sound like Brian Blessed. Goodbye. That is a very... <laughs> Gordon's alive. Uh, well, they're very closely linked, aren't they, really? And while we're sneakily filling our stockings with very early Christmas presents. <laughs> the trouble is we're still wearing them. Oh, it's very yes, uncomfortable. It's not very comfortable, are they? Um, why not treat yourself with the first 15 minutes of Star Cops, part, part, Star Cops Mars Part 1? Slarty Bart Fast Mars. Uh, and it's for free. Um, uh, when I say treat yourself, it's like it's a medicine, isn't it? I've got a rash. I know you. You can treat yourself with Star Cops Mars Part One. Well, you can. Free. It relieves boredom, doesn't it, and the yeah. frustrations of daily life. Have an audio drama. Have a Kit I mean, Kat. Have a marathon bar. Have a Mars. Thank you for your product placement that we get absolutely no money for whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, have a listen. Here he comes. Get ready. This will make your fillings rattle. As the actress said to the bishop, Evis. Firing in three, two, one. Welcome to Mars. Glad to be on the ground again. Yeah. Feel that. Gravity. None of your artificial stuff, neither. A real thing. Lovely. Still less than half of Earth gravity, but I agree. Commander Spring. Yes. Barbara Holmberg, coordinator of Barack Obama base. Uh, nice to meet you at last, Barbara. This is Inspector Colin Davis. How do? And Inspector Parkenzie. Hi. It's a pleasure to welcome the International Space Police Force to Mars. I hope you had a pleasant journey. Uh, well, pleasant enough. All six bleeding months of it. <laughs> they prepare you for it, but uh, that doesn't really prepare you for it. Let's get you over to Obama base. I have a Mars rover waiting. Your luggage pallets will go separately. This is an impressive facility, and busy. Services all Mars arrivals and departures? That's right. Obama base is the closest colony, about 20 miles to the west. All right, you lot, on your feet. Move. You know how much I paid to get you in the first place. How dare you? Please, calm down. That's not going to help. What's going on over there? I said on your feet. Troublemaker tourists from Olympus Mons. They're being shipped back home to Earth. And clearly not happy about it. You heard her. If you won't move, I'll make you. There is no need for this. Keep your hands off me, you big ape. If you touch me one more... That's the way you want it. It's all kicking off. Here, you two. Davis. Come on, Kenzie. Right. Commander. Get off with him! <laughs> you can cut that right out! What's your game? Hey, punch me! You're an animal, Jeffries. Everyone says so. That's enough of that kind of talk. Everybody cool it. Now you heard the officer. Calm down. We are perfectly calm. But it won't stay that way if your man keeps hold of Martin. Davis, let him go. If you say so. Thank you. What is all this? Oh, Sean, thank goodness you're here. It was getting out of hand. Are you letting that temper of yours get the better of you again, Martin? Not my fault. It's these bloody tourists. It's always the bloody tourists. Hey! I'd hoped you'd stay back at Olympus, Kara. Not while you treat my clients like this. It's disgraceful. Uh, who are you, sir? Who are you to ask? This one said they're Star Cops. Ah, yes. I'd heard the ISPF was coming to visit. Well, pleased to meet you. Commander Nathan Spring. We do not have police on Mars. Nor do we need you. Jean, 
Sorry for the trouble. It's these clowns that were causing trouble. We were sorting it. This is Jean Arnaud. Jean runs the colony at Olympus Mons. His deputy, Kristen Mendelssohn, colonist Martin Jeffries. I'm afraid I don't know this lady. Kara Hopkins. I'm with the Mars Travel Bureau. These are three of my clients enjoying a vacation on Olympus Mons until these outrageous allegations. Kara, we've had this conversation. I have the absolute right to revoke authority to remain on Mars from anyone at my colony. Kristen, get them on their flight. Sure, Jean. Move. All right, all right, no need to shove. You've no proof they stole anything. I'll stay with you till you leave. They stole something? Water. Water? Water theft is about the most serious crime there is on Mars, short of murder. We've had a spate of water thefts at Olympus Mons over the last few months. Well, and those three were responsible? Water flasks were found in their bags. I'm told they deny all knowledge. <laughs> they would. Well, this is exactly the kind of thing you need the ISPF for. All we need, Commander, is a transit ship to take our garbage back to Earth. Enjoy your stay. For now, I need to placate Kara. Are there many who think like him about star cops on Mars? It's fair to say there's some resistance to the idea. Well, we're here for eight months. Hopefully in that time we can turn opinions like his around. Good luck. Mars really is quite spectacular. I've been here eight years and it still gets me. The landscape is epic. Right now we're in the Solus Planum, an old volcanic crater over a thousand miles across. Wow. Eight years, eh? And you run the show? <laughs> Not quite. Barack Obama base was the first Mars colony, and it's still the hub for a lot of activity across the planet. The various colonies are largely autonomous, but they still need someone to take the Mars-wide view and look after their interests. Which is you? And my team. There are critical projects that need coordination. In fact, look to your left and you'll see one of them coming into view. Those chimneys? We call them the stacks. They're huge! What's that muck they're chucking out? Back home we call that pollution. That's exactly what it is. Greenhouse gases, fluorocarbons produced on a massive scale. There are several of these across Mars. They're central to our terraforming plan to make Mars more habitable for humans. Ambitious. Uh, it's a long-term project. Very long-term. These are your quarters. Inspector Devis, you're in Z12. Gotcha. Next along is your room, Nathan, and then yours, Inspector Kenzie. Thanks. Nathan, while your inspectors settle in, I wonder if we might speak in my office? Of course. Pal, Colin, I'll see you shortly. No worries. It's this way. Looks like the grown-ups want to have words. Would you like a tea? Coffee? I'll pass, thank you. This place looks very similar to Moonbase. Moon habitats were the template for the first Mars colonies. But however much the living environments may look alike, Mars isn't the moon. But clearly, your point being? Mars requires a totally different mindset. Earth is a long way away. If anything goes wrong or anyone gets sick, we have to deal with it ourselves. And many people come here not for a couple of years or even a few months. They come to stay. I'm one of them. I know. I've done my research. Mars is populated by pioneers, people who are driven and independent. You need a majority of colonists to consent before the ISPF can establish an office here. You've got your work cut out for you. Do we at least have your support? I represent Earth Combined Space Agencies, and their stated policy is in favor of ISPF on Mars. My job is to support you, and I shall. Oh, that's hardly a ringing endorsement. I'm just saying, don't get your hopes up. I know Mars is different. 
For one thing, it wasn't specified in the treaty that established the ISPF for reasons that were part political and part logistical, as I understand it. The logistics remain an issue, maybe the political too. The popular view is, we've got by without you so far. Crime is rare, and when someone misbehaves, they're sent back to Earth. If there's evidence, they can be prosecuted in an Earth court. So there is law here. Well, you're, you're describing a judicial disposal, not law enforcement. The job of policing is to prevent crime as well as bring offenders to justice. Like I said, crime is rare. Well, that same argument was used to try to stop the formation of the ISPF. But it turned out there was more criminality in space and more serious crime than people knew. I would know if there was a serious crime here. Would you? There are over a thousand people on Mars working at... Uh, how many colonies and outposts? 32 to date. <laughs> That's a lot of people you're vouching for. And those bases are a mix, as I understand it, of scientific research facilities, private enterprise and tourism. Barack Obama base is the only colony fully funded by Earth governments. Private enterprise is very much in the majority. Government or private, it's people making a living. And as I always say, where there's living, there's police. Private industry has a big say here. Yeah, with one particularly big voice, yes? LRI. Lackman Research and Innovation. Yes? It was impossible to look at the colonization of Mars without appreciating the contribution made by Byron Lackman and his company. LRI has more people here than any other company. Across four bases, doing, it must be said, sterling work on the terraforming project. <sighs> How do you think Byron Lackman will view ISPF on Mars? His support would be extremely useful. I couldn't say. Look, I'm sorry if I sound negative. I'm just giving my honest appraisal. Uh, your honesty is appreciated. Moving on, I've prepared a schedule to orientate you and your staff, and I'll arrange visits around the colonies over the coming weeks. Oh, that would be very useful. Thank you. For now, there are a couple of administrative issues I'd like to cover. Such as? She's confiscated our guns. There are no firearms allowed anywhere on Mars. Yeah, well, shooters aren't allowed on the moon either. But we've come across a few in our time. Well, as we've no official standing, we've no grounds for an exemption. Barbara will keep our guns in her safe until we leave. Bloody cheek. Uh, let's concentrate on the job in hand, which is to make a good impression and win the hearts and minds of the locals here and in the other colonies. Hearts and minds? It's the old good cop, good cop routine. <laughs> That's nicely put. OK. So, what's the plan? We'll remain at this base for a week or two. I'll be shadowing Barbara and learning as much as I can about the Mars setup. I, I want you two to mix with the base personnel. Get to know them. Gauge their sentiment for law enforcement. Try and win over any doubters. Hearts and minds. Yeah, I can do that. Hey, watch where you're going, would you? This almost went on the floor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've had some of that too over the last couple of days. That's bloody childish. Overall, they're a good bunch, I'd say. Sprinkled with the occasional tosser. What have you picked up? Anything useful? Heard a few stories of water thefts in the colonies. It really is a big deal. Well, that's exactly the sort of thing that would benefit from an ISPF presence here. If we can show how we'd prevent these thefts, that would give us a real leg up in gathering support. Yeah, we should look into that. Mm, I'll get some more details on how it's being done. Good. I'm also interested in the terraforming. Commander Spring. Hello? Oh, Mr Arno. Hello again. Please, call me Jean. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to say... I hope I wasn't too abrupt with you and your colleagues the other day. No, not at all. It was a difficult time. If I was rude, I apologise. To all of you. Say no more, Mike. What brings you here? You're a long way from Olympus Mons. I visit every few months to catch up with Barbara. Ah, speak of the devil, there she is. Jean, Jean, I'm glad I found you. Barbara, is something wrong? I need to speak with you, but not here, my office. Of course. Uh, I'll come too. All right. In fact, that might be useful. Kenzie, Davis, I'll see you later. Wonder what that's all about? Trouble of some kind. With a bit of luck, the Starcop kind.
Well? I just received word from Kristen Mendelssohn. She'd like you back at Olympus Mons as soon as possible. I'm not due back until tomorrow. Did she say what for? There's been another water theft. Oh, no. Well, so much for sending those three back to Earth. She discovered a shortage when she carried out a water audit this morning. Apparently, Martin Jeffries then decided, on his own authority, to search some of the tourists in their living quarters. Jeffries again? He likes to stir things up, doesn't he? He didn't find anything, but the tourists are furious. I'd better get back there before this gets out of hand. Could you arrange transport? Of course. I'll authorize a shuttle and see if a pilot is available. I can provide a pilot. Inspector Kenzie. I'd like us both to come with you. I don't think so. This situation is star-cop bread and butter. I'm not sure that's appropriate. You have no authority. Uh, We'd be there in a purely advisory capacity. Advisory only. We'll even change out of our uniforms. Come on. Why not use our expertise? In which case, yes, all right. On that basis, you understand. Advisory. Perfect. I'll collect my belongings and send word to Kristin that we're on our way. Meet you in the hangar in, uh, say, 30 minutes? We'll be there. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Now, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I'm out of here. Briggs has left the building.